The Space God Memoirs. Season 2, Episode 14 The air rippled with tension. I stood with a striker blade raised above my head, ready to stab at the gangly figure before me. A towering humanoid covered in plated purple flesh, twin tendrils upon his back, and a single eye in his oversized head. Gulgus the Flayer, Rank 2 Awakened Veyer, displayed above his head, a function of my recent connection to the monadic network. Beyond the Cyclopean Veyer agent, the domed communications room was filled with beings. Ten Fizar warriors clad in crimson armor, their electro-pikes ready to strike. They stood facing the room's center. There waited Zerathra, her back to the central pillar, her sky-blue figure clothed in battle-ready jumpsuit, curved blades in her hands, and a determined look in her eyes. The six Nentael guardians stood in formation, ready to defend her. The Atra flowed around me, bending the light to make me practically invisible, seen by none. But that would only last me an instant longer, the energy dissipating with every second, leaving me with each tiny breath. I took a single step towards Gulgus and I struck, swinging the retractable weapon as I pressed a tiny panel on its pommel and activated its energy field. The one-eyed bastard stood tall, but I aimed low for his exposed right ankle. The striker made impact with his flesh. He let out a hoarse scream as the plasmically charged blade seared away the tendons. And he fell forward. I followed up with a heavy strike in the middle of his back, hearing a crunch as it tore into his spinal column. As Gulgus's scream echoed through the vaulted dome, the anticipation vanished and the battle erupted. The glamour of invisibility melting from my skin, I felt naked as many heads turned towards me. Zirathra and I linked eyes for a moment. Then she leapt from her pillar and hurled herself at the nearest Fizar. Three of the slime mold minions had already turned towards me, aiming their glowing pikes in my direction. They were less than two yards away. Before they could blast me, I ran forward and barreled my shoulder into the nearest one, knocking his pike upward as he discharged a blast towards the ceiling. I snapped a kick at the one on my left before it could prod me, knocking him backward. I was able to swing my blade up at the other one on my right-hand side, tearing through his armor with its energetically charged end. The battle fervor was upon me. I let Bakibra's presence surge to the forefront, her nightly training directing me to block and dodge, parry and hack at my enemies. As I stepped about the room, evading, attacking when I could, I could sense Rayleigh and even Burge assisting me, as if they fought by my side, helping to calm my mind, to detach my senses and give me a heightened awareness of the various entities in the room and the layout of the battlefield. Meanwhile, Zerathra was dealing with the others. When I got a chance to look, I beheld her movements, graceful and swift, like some flowing and deadly dance. She stepped and spun about the room, 
twisting and dodging with ease as she evaded her eight attackers. Zerathra moved like she weighed less than the air, floating in her jumps as she hurtled over her opponents and sliced her twin blades through their not-hard-enough armor. If Izar would thrust and swing at Zerathra, she would lithely dodge or parry and block their blows. But about half the time she did neither, yet their attacks seemed to be deflected anyway, pushed back by some unseen force, like the wind itself was her ally. In moments, the two guards at the doorway had entered the chamber and joined the fray, both going for me, the closer target. I did my best to avoid four Fizars simultaneously. I sidestepped a blast from one, hacked another one down with my striker, but then reeled back as one of their shots caught me on the shoulder, burning through my suit and the skin beneath, causing an itchy, twitchy pain to spread through my upper body. I started to backpedal defending as best I could as I edged towards the room's central pillar made of shining green metal. I had dropped three opponents and Zerathra six. As I looked towards the entrance, another squadron marched in, weapons at their ready. The chamber continued to ring with the clashing of weapons and the crackling of energy. I was using nearly all my focus to avoid attacks, dodging and blocking, and only occasionally fighting back. This was starting to feel like wading through a lake of bodies, both living and not. I peeked back towards Z and I saw that she was still unwounded and barely looking winded. But three of the six Nentayal had fallen, lying broken on the floor, one of them still twitching mechanically. The others were engaged in fights of their own. I continued to move gradually towards her, dodging and snaking my way through the crowded room while doing my best not to die. Zerathra was now surrounded by them on all sides. Eight Fizar rushed at her with their weapons from nearly every direction. As they charged her simultaneously, they were all suddenly thrown back by an invisible force, the air itself tossing them in every direction. Z stood perfectly still, particles of residual Atra floating through her space like snowflakes. Seeing a gap in the fighting, I moved within a yard of Zarathra, towards the center of the circular room. She reached a sky-blue hand towards me, but I could also sense her mind, sharp and yet flowing, pulling at mine. We touched hands and linked eyes. It returned to me, that connection we had formed before on the ship. It was like some hidden magnetism linking us. The Atra in our energetic fields touched, and an enhanced tingling pulsed across my skin. Just like in the ships, my mind was expanded, not just localized in my body but ballooning outward to include Zerathra and the space between us. It was trippy as all scrag, but trippy weirdness was starting to become my life, so I went with it. In seconds, the Fizar Z had knocked back were on their feet and ready to go. We continued to fight, the both of us in the center of that chamber. Encircled by our foes, we flowed into a rhythm of battling and evading, tethered to one another by an invisible cord. Senses and reflexes heightened by our connection. The initial strangeness of mind-linking soon felt natural, and as we gradually took down opponent after opponent, I could feel it growing comfortable. Her mind in mine, mine in hers. It was like before, but different. I could feel her without touching her physically. I knew exactly what she was thinking, what her body was feeling, where she was going to step. Our two bodies were as one. The chaos raged around me, yet I felt only calm. Linked soul to soul, 
We were in the flow, in the now, the clatter of blades and the shouts of the enemy all adding to it, like the syllables of a mantra, keeping us conscious, aware, alive. My thinking mind stepped back, and then it was all the moment in the instinct, the mind link bringing together the disparate battle techniques of many lives to form a coherent whole. I looked sideways, the monad alerting me to movement from the nearby floor. One-eyed Gulgus pushed his big purple body up with his arms, getting to his feet. Not as dead as I had hoped, though I wasn't sure how any normal person could have survived that. As Gulgus stepped up, one of the remaining Nentail lunged for him. The Cyclops grabbed the construct between his back tentacles. With a single motion, Gulgus tore the Nentail in two, scattering its mechanical innards over the floor. He let loose a throaty growl and turned to face me. Zerathra stepped between us, raising her twin blades. Gulgus hurled his bulky fists at her, and as his hands moved, I saw their forms rapidly twisting, transforming. He swung at her with one hand changed to a dark, bony blade, serrated, while the other morphed into a jagged hook. Zerathra raised her weapons in time to deflect both, though I could see her about to buckle beneath his sheer strength. As Zerathra dodged and swerved to avoid his subsequent attacks, I shimmied to the side and then behind Gorgas, into flanking position. I swung at him with the striker, hoping to get a jab in while Z was occupying his main attention. But this time I was all too visible. My blow intercepted midair by one of his two feelers, which elastically wrapped around the weapon's handle. He wrenched the striker from my hands and proceeded to toss it halfway across the room. Scrag. I had no choice but to back away. As Z continued to melee the oversized Gulgus, I dashed to retrieve the blade, which was about five yards away, just under a broken wall monitor. I took a second to survey the rest of the battlefield as I picked it up. Six Vare Fizar remained, still occupied by our two Nentail guardians, the old robots tirelessly moving to meet the slime-mold soldiers every attack. My attention was briefly diverted as I heard a rumble from above. Dust trickled down a series of tiny cracks appearing in the domed ceiling. What was happening up there? I didn't have time to ponder it, as I felt my awareness pulled at by Zerathra, who was still battling the one-eyed terror. Gulgus appeared tireless, that gangly cyclops swinging both blade and hook, hacking and slashing at Z like a machine. He caught her left arm in a hook swing, the tip of the bioweapon jamming painfully into her triceps. The beast was about to bring his blade down on Z's neck when she did a twist in the air, narrowly avoiding his chop and flipping upward to land next to me. I could see a deep gash where he had poked her, a trail of blood on the ground. I'll live, said a glance from Zarathra. While Gulgus lumbered towards us, I got another mental nudge from Z. Our connection told me exactly what she needed me to do. Gulgus turned to me, leering. I lifted my striker in the air and swung straight for his chest. Not fast enough, as he caught the blade with his right hand, now transformed into a rock-hard claw. With his other hand, he lashed down at me with a saw-like protrusion. I felt a spike of pain as it dug into my upper chest, and a trickle of blood oozed out. But before Gulgus could thrust his blade deeper into me, Zerathra leapt up, crossed her arms above her head, and swung her twin swords in a scissor-like motion bringing them down on the Cyclops' neck and cleaving his head from it. 
Seconds later, the remainder of the Fizar, five now, rushed us. The Nentayel had both fallen. Our foes were upon us. The whole room was charged. A fire. The two of us spun and twisted, fought and defended, leaping about the chamber like some acrobatic dancers, as all around the enemies surged. It flowed easier then, my movements coming without thought, our shared instincts guiding my every action. Two minutes and thirty-five seconds had passed, according to the monad, and the Fizar lay upon the ground amid pools of their essential fluids, shattered armor, and broken limbs, surrounding the corpse of their one-eyed commander. Zirathra and I stood tall in the midst of our slain foes, splattered in their blood, drenched in our own sweat, and feeling the adrenaline and Atra flowing through us. At that moment, I turned towards her. I looked into her almond-shaped purple eyes, feeling a magnetic pull towards them. Then I grabbed her by the waist and I kissed her, feeling my lips pressing against her small mouth, tasting her sweet saliva, inhaling her soft breath. The atric energies pulsed around us, moving like a river between lips and lips, heart and heart. Zirathra's flesh was hot to the touch, like one in a fever. Yet her energy felt cool, refreshing, like a springtime breeze all tingly and ephemeral. Deep within waited more, a churning mass of pent-up fervor, suppressed for untold ages, ready to explode. The room shook again. She pulled away, breaking our kiss. Up above, another long crack appeared in the dome. A chunk of material fell down, crashing to the floor. This... this is not the time, Zirathra said, shaking her head. Our connection was wavering. The fight is not over. She once more lifted up her twin blades. Then the dome shattered, a thousand cracks appearing across its surface, before it collapsed in a shower of stone. Z lifted up one arm, and an invisible shield of force hummed into existence above both of us, deflecting the debris that followed. The dust cleared. The top of the communications chamber was gone. Above us in the vine-filled cavern hovered a starship of floral character, nine wings encircling it like enormous petals surrounding a central sphere. That ship from before, the one that had chased us to this moon. Ten Fizar now stood upon the cusp of the wall where the dome had once sat. As I readied my weapon, I saw them each leap down, landing in crouches and arming themselves. Zirathra and I prepared ourselves for what was hopefully the final group of Vayr. Despite the best efforts of my enhanced body, exhaustion was setting in. I could feel my wounds acutely, and I knew I didn't have much fight left in me. A figure drifted down from the eye of the flower ship, growing rapidly as it floated to the ground before us. She landed softly, on her feet, a nimble being clad in violet and crimson garb, flexible battle armor that clung to her feminine curves. Her face was hidden by a mask of the same material, but her eyes were visible, a heady magenta hue, glowing in the dim light. Her hair was aflame, literally a mane of burning material that flickered and danced atop her head, or at least gave the appearance of such. Chills ran up my spine as I looked at her. I wasn't sure whether to be terrified or aroused, but there was something in that fierce magenta gaze that was impossible not to react to. The monad did not give her a designation, 
The woman took a single step towards us, lowering her hands to her sides. She opened them, and suddenly claws sprung from between her fingers, not of bone or of metal, but concentrated fire, just like her hair, four on each hand. The fiery girl leapt into the air and made a sideways spin, slashing her claws on a searing arc. Zirathra shot upward to meet her, both women colliding in the air, their weapons clashing, their bodies hovering briefly as the Atra supported them. Moments later, they landed, both ladies staying on their feet and continuing their melee, carrying and dodging, blocking and counterattacking, in a flurry of sound and light. At the same time, the circle of warriors was upon us, rushing at me from all ends of the room. I was too busy defending myself to join in Z's fight. I held up my striker to block a staff thrust from one warrior, then forced myself to turn rapidly around and block a second strike from his companion. Six of them stood facing me. The other four went for Zarathra, to assist their mistress. They were quickly thrown back by bursts of telekinesis crashing to the floor. I brought one of the warriors down with a striker blast to the chest, but nearly dropped my weapon in the process. I could feel it heavy in my hands. I did my best to survive. The energy nearly gone from my body. The Atra almost entirely depleted. My mouth dry and my muscles weary. Zirathra raised her blades just in time as the fiery claws of her opponent roared through the air. The Vare woman twisted her hands, and one of Z's swords was torn from her grip, clattering to the ground. Zirathra began to back away, both hands on her one remaining weapon. She was shaking slightly, our connection informing me that she was nearly out of Atra too. Fire Girl pressed forward, raising her claws and preparing to strike again. I wasn't sure if Z could handle another assault like that. I saw my opening, dashed towards them and swung at the Vare woman. Immediately she turned to me, her otherworldly magenta eyes meeting my orange ones. Then, quick as a blur, she flicked something at me. Before my swing could connect, I was thrust back by a heavy force. Something elastic and shimmering wrapped around my waist. I wasn't sure if it was a device or some kind of power, but I was hurled back against the room's central pillar, the striker falling to the ground in the process. That literal hottie turned again to Zirathra, ignoring me as I struggled to get loose. To no avail. I was stuck, the weird glowy band keeping me taut against the pillar. Three of the remaining Fizar drew close to me, pointing the tips of their glowing pikes in my direction. Zirathra continued to battle the magenta-eyed lady, but she was all on the defense, repeatedly taking steps backward as he blocked the rapid claw slashes of her opponent with her single blade. Z was moving at half her previous speed. The Atra all used up. It was looking like we were just about scragged. My gaze was drawn upward, to movement, in the vine-choked passage that led up to the moon's surface. A light shone, growing brighter by the second, until it spread out through the cavern above and reached down into the roofless chamber, filling it with a blinding radiance. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. 
please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoy the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.